Welcome to season four of the Fit Farming Food Mom podcast. Connie is a world champion powerlifter, former bodybuilder, and an elite trainer and nutrition coach. As a movement enthusiast and health nerd, she is here on this show to speak with educated guests and dive into the realm of all things health, fitness, mindset, and everything in between. If you enjoy this show, please do us a huge favor by smashing the like or subscribe button and leaving a review. Now, let's get to the show. All right, here we are, last podcast of the year. As you may have noticed, I've tried to ramp up my podcast game and get back on top of things with excellent episodes and guests and all sorts of things for the show. Now, <clears throat> it is the last episode of the year. I feel like there are a couple things that need to be brought up that don't require a guest. But first of all, starting with myself, I don't talk about myself a whole lot. I try to keep this purely educational. But I want to kind of make a quick recap of what the year looked like and how fast it flew by on my end of things, because I feel like that can also be an important piece to maybe somebody else's journey. So today I will elaborate a little bit on what my year looked like because I'm very thankful for it in a very odd way. So um, 2023, interesting year. Nothing happened the way it was supposed to. As you may have recalled, coming out of 2022, I went to the World Championships powerlifting. Everything was going amazing. Ended up hurting my shoulder, which was a long-term injury, and the repair did not go well. And what was supposed to be eight weeks, and then I was back in the gym, turned into like six months. So I remember that was extremely hard because I'm a very goal-oriented type person, and so for me, not being able to hit my goals, even though I was doing everything within my power to hit them, was very frustrating. And I had mapped out what this whole year was going to look like. And this whole year was going to look like me going to powerlifting nationals, me qualifying for the Olympia, me breaking world records, all these things, right? None of that happened. Is that a bad thing? Reflecting on it? No, it's not. At the time, it seemed like the worst thing ever. But looking back on it, it gave me the time to improve that I really needed, and I wouldn't have slowed down enough to take those improvement times had I have not been injured. So in the end, it is paying off tenfold. Now, with that being said, I absolutely did not use that injury to stop pursuing my dreams. It put them on delay a little bit, but the process to get to where I wanted to get still continued on. So here I was in the worst pain of my life, probably one of the worst mental states I've been in in a very long time, felt like my world was falling apart, right? What did I do? I went to the gym anyways. Very inconvenient with only one arm. And when I say I had one arm, I had one arm. Zero use of that arm. I could not move it. I couldn't hardly control it. It was just like kind of hanging along my side. And it was really not, I mean, it got to the point where I was like, well, if we just take this arm off, it would be a whole lot easier. <laughs> like I had a lot of crazy thoughts revolving around this whole recovery process. 
but I still continued to go to the gym. And I hear things all the time. Like I can't go to the gym because of, I smashed my hand. I've heard all sorts of excuses from clients. Honestly, I've heard I smashed my fingers. I've heard I rolled my ankle. I've heard all these things, but what really people don't look at is there's so many other things that you could be doing. Yes. I wasn't doing them optimally. Like I probably could have been shoulder pressing with two hands, but it wasn't what was meant for me at the time. What was meant for me was to get in there and work on the things that I could control. So was it optimal then? No. Did it become optimal after? Yes, because I was slowed down and forced to focus on the things where I was weak, which for me was my squat. So I spent basically seven months with one arm, but I was working on my squat, lots of timed eccentrics, lots of places where I was weak, uh, different control mechanisms, because if you didn't know, I had a major hip surgery in 2020, and so I was still trying to recover from that. Uh, anyway, taking a step back and working on all these things that I never, ever would have had the opportunity to work on paid off tenfold. So while I didn't achieve any of my originally sought after goals at the beginning of the year, now I did achieve so much more than that because at this point I'm stronger than I've ever been. I have made more progress than I ever could have anticipated making all because I a, didn't give up on myself in a time when it could have been very easy to do so. And B, I took a step back and started just doing the basics again, which was really, really important. So I just want to remind you all, sometimes when you feel like you're not making progress, you may be making the most progress at all or most progress of all. But the thing you have to keep in mind is what kind of effort are you putting into that progress? Because a setback is not just you deciding you don't want to do something, Right. A setback is an uncontrollable where you do the best you can to make sure you're still moving in the right direction. So that's still a 10 out of 10 effort to make sure you're going forward. It's not, oh, this thing didn't go well, so I'm going to turn around and I'm going to give up. That's not how it works. So uh, that's enough about me. I have major, major goals, hopefully, for this upcoming year, but we'll just see how that goes. I'm not going to count my chickens before they're hatched. So I'm just going to continue to be the best version I can of myself, which I think is really, really important. Putting all you can into improvement and what that might look like for some people may be different. So I have some very large goals coming into 2024, but I have to keep reminding myself as long as I do my best, that's okay. And that's hard for a type A person like myself. So five things going into the new year that I see people screw up time and time again. I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people at this point. I have seen so many different things. And the very first item, number one that I see people do wrong every year for the new year. It's like Groundhog's Day, I swear. Every year, new year, they're going to get going. They make it a couple months and then they're gone. That's why the gyms are packed the first couple months and then nobody's there after that, okay? People do too much too fast. They binged during the holidays, they ate all that they could because they're just going to start a diet, lose that weight on January 1st, right? No, it doesn't work that way. So first of all, you already set yourself behind with that last separate mentality, but we'll touch on that in a moment. Anyway, doing too much too fast. 
So if you can't maintain an average diet or an average exercise program of some type or even master basic daily skills like maybe cooking at home or maybe going for a half an hour walk every day, then why in the hell would you slash your calories, start a restrictive diet, plan to go to the gym six days a week, and all of a sudden uproot your life into this completely unsustainable program and go all in, all or nothing, as hard as you can, when you can't even do the basics to start with. It seems to me you've got to learn how to walk a mile before you can run a marathon. So this makes no sense. Drop the all or nothing, all in January 1st goals and start writing things down and picking a few things that you think you can improve on. Once you have mastered those, then you move on. So this crazy diet exercise program that you're going to go on, you might want to think twice and start working on the basics. So that's number one. Number two kind of goes into number one, which is slashing calories immediately. So who knows how much you've actually, or how little, you've actually been eating. So next thing you know, my fitness pal says you need to be eating 1,400 calories. You haven't controlled your nutrition in any way. You haven't tracked your protein. You've been eating garbage. And especially during the holidays, you've been pounding all this crap. And so the next thing you do is you slash your calories and you tell yourself, oh, I'm going on this restrictive diet. Diet starts Monday. I better start eating a bunch of food and cake and everything now on this New Year's Day because guess what? Diet starts Monday. Last supper mentality and then slashing the calories. Folks, this is not setting you up for success. A, you're going to slash your calories and you might lose weight initially, but is that sustainable? Can you stay there? And then are you going to be miserable in the process? And how hungry are you going to be? Is this going to cause you to binge eat and have uncontrollable hunger cravings? For many people, this is what happens. This happens when people don't eat all day and then they get home at night and they start binge eating because they didn't eat properly throughout the day. This happens when we slash calories. Yes, we can anticipate being a little bit hungry when we first start into a fat loss phase. That's okay. But we're talking about binge eating, can't stick with the plan, that kind of stuff. So happens a lot. The other thing is when you immediately slash calories, it doesn't give you a lot of room to make adjustments down the road. So if you were eating three to 4,000 calories a day, which that's a lot, but easy to do in processed food, right? Say you were eating even 2,000 calories a day and you cut yourself down to 12 or 1,400, you just knocked your calories way down when you could have maybe made progress by just knocking them down to 1,800 calories a day and seeing how you're doing. Now you have room for adjustment because if you can consistently lose weight at 1800 calories a day, then why would you all of a sudden cut your calories down to 12 or 1400? Makes no sense. Just makes you hungrier, hungrier and makes you feel more, uh, more restricted. So anyway, slashing your calories right out the gate also causes a lot of other problems because then you have now slashed your calories down to 1400 calories and you make progress for a period of time, but then you're not making any progress. So now what do you have to do? Well, you have to go down 1200, right? I mean, if you stop making progress, we've got to do something. You don't have a lot of room for error. And the odds are, if you add, you're not going to lose. So you have to keep in mind, you need room for adjustments. You adjust too low, 
you're risking a lot of adaptations. And that's what happens when you hit a plateau. If you're sitting at 1400 calories for quite some time and all of a sudden you hit a plateau, that's because your body has now adapted to eating that much food. Stack crazy workouts and stuff on top of that. And you kind of got yourself a recipe for a disaster. Now your body is used to eating a lot less food and has removed any of those important processes that it needs to burn calories just to reserve calories for what your basic daily needs are. Next thing you know, you're now downregulated. So you cut calories a little bit more. You go down to 1,200. Same thing happens eventually. You're now more downregulated. This continues on until, say, you're in a huge deficit, which I see females do this a lot, and they do this a lot with, uh, I don't know why 1,000-calorie diets seem to be the trend, but I do see people work down in the 1,000 or 800-calorie diet restriction area. And what happens is then when you do start eating, your body is now only burning X amount of calories a day because it's being careful because it knows it's only getting a certain amount of intake. So then what happens? You up your calories, you begin to gain weight and you begin to gain it fast. Now, if you're smart, you can reverse diet slowly. You can probably mitigate any weight gain that is up and above where you started. However, most people don't do this. Most people have restricted for so long. They're so hungry that they can no longer manage the hunger cravings. They decide to quit diet dieting because they are burnt out. Next thing you know, they have gained 10 pounds more than they had when they started all because they started too restrictive. So don't slash calories. Okay. Terrible, terrible idea. Next thing is when you are dieting and you are adhering to a program, not planning your cheats is setting you up for disaster. We get so impulsive about food. And so next thing you know, you may have restricted too long and now you're really, really hungry and what do you, or you get in a hurry and you run through the fast food place and you eat the food in your car and that lasted 30 seconds and yeah, it sure tasted darn good, but you just did that in void of any other good experiences that come along with food. We are a social creature. We go out to enjoy food. It's one of the things that we do to bond, okay? That's totally fine. But not planning your meals that you are planning on eating off plan with and setting you up for disaster because now somebody invites you out to dinner on Saturday and you went and binged eat, went binge ate on Wednesday. And so now you're like, well, I'm going to do that on Saturday too. Next thing you know, you have worked yourself into this downhill binge eating spiral because you're not planning your meals. And you don't even get to enjoy the moment, that cookie, that brownie, that binge eating behavior or that impulsive behavior now becomes a 30 second thing in your car that maybe gave you that dopamine hit for like 20 seconds and then it's over and then you're disappointed and now you're craving more because you want to repeat that process. Rather than binge eating, use a little discipline, keep yourself on plan until your planned free meals or your planned... I hate calling them cheats, but cheat meals. Plan your experiences. Go out with your family. Eat whatever the fuck you want when you go out with your family, but plan it. Don't just eat it in the car or in the closet. That's ridiculous. It's not getting your, feeding your emotional needs, really. It's just become a habit. So making sure that you plan that. Now, you can still stay on plan also and not just plan this crazy free-for-all and eat healthier. So lots of places, they have like grilled chicken, steamed vegetables, 
maybe get a salad without all the croutons and crazy things, get a good protein source. I like to add a little bit of guacamole to the top of my protein source on a salad and it's delicious. So there are healthier options as well. Need some healthy options? Find yourself in a pickle? Get in touch with me because I would be happy to help you through that, especially if you're one of my clients. I have them all the time. I'm like, tell me what the menu is. Let's plan ahead. You can plan your meals ahead with the menu. Most of these menus are online. That also helps break impulsive behavior. The other thing I find is people tend to let themselves slide on one cheat. And then the next thing you know, they're cheating themselves out of their goals because they can't stop. They allowed themselves to do it once. There was no actual repercussion, right? And then they continue to do it over and over again until they have completely gotten away from any shadow of their goal. So making sure that you aren't compromising yourself out of your goals is a huge thing. So yes, family does want to get together. Maybe that's outside of your nutritional plan for the week. Okay, that's fine. Make it work. Either eat a healthier meal or if you decide to eat a meal that isn't optimal for your current goal, then maybe... Stick with that. Make it an isolated event. Don't turn around and be like, well, I fucked that up. So now I'm going to do this every single meal for the rest of the week. People have a tendency to compromise themselves out of their goals. Don't be one of those people. So um, the other thing is, it's too much exercise. Like I said, why would you run a marathon before you can walk a mile? But people do this, right? Their first of the year, they are in the gym every single day, six days a week. They're sweating. They're miserable. They can't wait to lose that 20 pounds so that they can stop doing this. And that eventually leads to burnout, which eventually leads to them getting right back to having to have the same goals the following year. Rather than trying to exercise six days a week when you can hardly fit it in in the beginning, and that's why you didn't do it, why don't you shoot for something like maybe one to start, master that, then add two, then add three. Optimally, I see a lot of people have a lot of success with two to three days a week of exercise. Strength training, I obviously prefer. I think it's great. More muscle you build, the more calories you burn, the more calories you utilize. Your basal metabolic rate, which is the metabolic rate in which you have doing nothing. So if you were doing absolutely nothing, laying on the couch all day, that's how many calories you would expend. If you have muscle density, you spend a lot more calories doing nothing. So it also raises your basal metabolic rate. Great for bone density, great for so many things. However, not everybody is into strength training. So you have to find a movement that suits you. If that's two to three days a week of yoga, then cool, do it. If that's two to three days of walking, great. Do something that is manageable and that you can envision doing for the rest of your life. Because if you're one of these people that can't wait to get done with this after you lose the weight, more than likely you're going to burn out and you're not going to stick to the program and you're going to end up gaining a lot of weight back. So keep this in mind. Now, fifth and final thing, not going in with a plan. You can't just wake up and decide what your plan is for the day. It doesn't work that way. Very few people get anywhere with that shoot from the hip response. Find a plan and follow through. Whether you write it down on paper, I'm going to do X, Y, Z every day. Like maybe that's basic. Maybe that's I'm going to eliminate gluten. I'm going to eliminate drinking soda every day. And I'm going to go for a 30 minute walk. 
until whatever date. At that date, if that's going well, maybe I'm going to add a day of strength training. Make a plan. That's the most basic form you can use. Next, there are a million, a million fitness programs out there. Are they optimal? Maybe, maybe not. But I can tell you anything that you can stick to and follow through with is going to be optimal. So it can pretty much be the most dog shit program on the planet. But if you follow through and you do it and you do it at a good uh, intention, I should say. So like what I'd like to say is if you're if you're putting a five in out of 10, if you're rating your effort a five of 10, you're probably not going to get where you want to go real fast. You're going to get there you know, in twice the time. So if you're doing this with intention, though, any program is going to help you get where you need to go. (laughs) So don't think that one program is better than the other. The program that you can follow and stick to is the program that's going to work. So find a program that you like and you can envision yourself doing for the rest of your life and get started. I personally offer a lot of really affordable programs. If you don't see something, I can help you out with that. I'm actually starting an excellent challenge for the first of the year with all of my clients, which is going to be based on habit building rather than weight loss, because I think that's something that people miss. They go right straight to the weight. They burn themselves out. Next thing you know, they're not getting anywhere and their hormones are wrecked and everything else. So what I like to say is let's build habits first. Then let's build on those habits and make better habits. And eventually you might even find something that you really, really like. And it is a win for everybody. So go in with a plan, whether it's a plan you make yourself, whether you hire a coach, whether you get on an app, it does not matter. Find a plan that is manageable and sustainable for you and follow that plan. With that being said, have some grace on yourself. Make sure You are still able to enjoy the moments, which I can tell you, I've been doing this since 2015 now, and it is an easy routine for me. I don't even think twice about it. I don't feel restricted. Nothing feels awkward to me. Honestly, I'm just existing and I'm happy, right? And I know most people are like, yeah, right, I'll never get there. But you might. You don't know that unless you establish habits. To me, everything is a habit. It's a goal. I check it off the list and I keep on moving and I have no problem with it. And that could probably be you too. But you need to realize you need to make things sustainable. So for me, we do pizza Friday. It's pizza and ice cream and eat all the junk. I don't do any gluten ever because that's one of my hard no's. Um, But I make sure I enjoy it. If somebody invites us out to dinner, I go eat that dinner. But I get right back on track after that. I don't use that as an excuse to just keep going and going and going and binge eating and getting out of my current patterns and habits, which I wouldn't do that anyways, because I have a goal. Now, my goal isn't weight loss. My goal is to perform and function to the best of my ability. And that's why I want to leave nothing on the table when it comes to my nutrition and my training and my sleep and all my other habits. So I try to make sure I'm all in on that. And when I step on the platform next time, I'm going to know that I didn't leave anything uncharted when it comes to my fitness journey. So I want to know that I never let myself down. And that's a huge thing to me. And I think it should be a huge thing to others. But instead, they allow themselves to have these poor behaviors and then they beat themselves up about it. So lastly, it is going to require some discipline. Don't let any fitness influencer out there, weight loss coach, tell you that that you can do what you want and still lose weight and all these things. 
most of us are starting with a negative bank account. If you're just an average Joe and everything's healthy and you just want to maintain, cool. Maybe you can do it a little bit more sporadic or maybe that 20-year-old influencer can do the same thing. But guess what? 90% of us are starting with a negative bank account. If you have 20, 40, 50, 100, 200 pounds to lose, you're in the negative more than likely. And you are going to have to get that bank account up to a positive before you can really find balance and enjoy everything, but also maintain health. So keep in mind, there is going to be a period that is probably going to be difficult. This is where a coach can be very, very helpful because a coach can actually help get you through the difficult time, but then help transition you from the difficult period into the more advanced, intuitive um, way to actually look at things so that you can maintain and not feel restricted and feel like you have a daily routine established that doesn't really put you outside of your comfort zone. So guys, super thankful for everything and everybody that has joined us over this whole new year. Thankful to have all of you guys. Thankful for all of my guests. If you need anything, please reach out to me on Instagram at Connie Bigani. I always, always am open to answering questions or helping guide you the best that I possibly can. I have lots of pre-made programs. We're starting a New Year's program that's going to be awesome because it's built on habits. I cannot wait to see how it turns out. Uh... And I'm here to help because I got into this to help people and to help people change their mindset around fitness. So I work with everybody from elite fitness athletes that actually need to learn to live a balanced life all the way down to very, very beginners. And I'm telling you, anybody can do it and anybody can be better the next day and do 1% better every day. So I'm signing off for the year of 2023. I look forward to bringing lots of great guests to the show in 2024. Please leave me a rating and a review and subscribe and do all of those things because they help me so, so much. I will be taking a break the first week of January with no podcasts. After that, we are going to rock and roll and have some excellent guests joining us on the show. And until then, see you next year. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about me, my online programs, or to inquire about coaching, please visit www.connienightingale.com. And remember, nothing in the contents of this show is intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any illness, and it is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your primary care physician before implementing any new health protocols.